Hey, Juice, the only thing better than looking clean is looking clean on your own time. No doubt about it, Big Seth. And that's why I always call my man Ara at AT Dry Cleaners anytime I need my clothes laundered or dry cleaned. Tell him exactly why you call Ara. Because AT offers free pickup and delivery at your home or office, so you never have the inconvenience of trying to find time to take your dry cleaning somewhere. They bring it to you. That's exactly right, Juice. You can walk into their Fort Lauderdale location, but AT serves Miami Dade, Broward, and the Southern Palm Beaches with their convenient pickup and delivery services, which also include alterations, shoe repair, and more. And A&T is a family-owned company, and they've been in business since 1980. 1980. Yeah, and you know what? That means customer service is their priority. So call Ara today at 954-610-9383. That's his personal cell we're giving you. Or you can visit drycleanertoyou.com to start making your life and your dry cleaning a lot easier. And make sure you tell them that the fish tank sent you, because Ara, my man, is giving our listeners 50% off your first order. How much? 50. Half, Seth. Half and 25% off any dry cleaning services after that. ANT Dry Cleaning, the official dry cleaners of the fish tank. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one. of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, I'm up in that fish tank. Welcome to the season finale of The Fish Tank here in the Five Reasons Sports Network. Seth Levitt with OJ McDuffie. Juice, how we doing, man? What's up, Big Seth? Can you believe that we are at the end of season one here, Juice? I cannot, man, but what a fun season it was. It's been a journey. Dude, I mean, it's so, for me, for a guy like me, be able to relive, you know, some of these stories and hear some stories I never heard, but you know, there were rumors (laughs) about, it was was the best, man. It's been unbelievable. The guest list has been phenomenal. Appreciate you opening up the Rolodex. Do they even use Rolodex? Nah, anymore, nah, no, you know. But to get some of these guys, some, you had of, to go some of them were in the Rolodex. <laughs> they were in yeah. an actual Rolodex. <laughs> but it has been a tremendous amount of fun. 37 episodes up to this point. We had a vision, Juice, but yeah. I didn't know we were going to get to 37 episodes. You know what? You know what I love most about it, Seth, was that. A lot of guys we had on, they heard about what we were doing, and they wanted to get on. When can I get in the tank? Exactly, because they wanted to rebut some of the stories that were (laughs) out there, or they wanted to elaborate on some of the stories, but they just loved hearing about times past, and that was was a great part of what we did. Yeah, I I loved it. I know you loved it, and certainly the listeners have responded really well. So for those of you who are listening to the podcast, we can't thank you enough. And as we're, we're talking about what we've heard, what better way to close the season out than with a best of episode. That's right. And so there's so much material to choose from, but (laughs) (laughs) so much, but you know, we're going to start with one that was one of my favorites throughout the entire season. Uh, One of the nicest guys we'll ever have in the tank, Ronnie Brown, you know, first round draft pick of the dolphins, number one overall. And, uh, well, he was number two overall, overall. number two overall felt like number one overall for me. Um, just an incredible guy and, and a guy who's typically pretty quiet, but he came into the tank and had a lot to say. Yeah. He was ready too. He was completely ready. He's a tank follower. Yeah. These guys are not coming in. You know, the first couple of guys we caught off guard, but now the guys are ready for it. And he had great Channing Crowder stories, but the story that stuck out to me was his relationship with Ricky Williams. And you talked about Ronnie and Ricky and how powerful they were in that wildcat. Yeah. But they had to go to Bakersfield, California, and Ricky <laughs> fell asleep in the lobby. And Ronnie made it hit a point to get him back up to the room. Yeah, that's what teammates do. They, he had his back. That's what teammates do. He completely do. had his back, but it was quite a night to remember, apparently. You guys can listen to it now. I know it brought me to a time we went out to Bakersfield, California for JP. Joey Porter had a, a football camp that he'd do out there. That's in the middle of nowhere, by the way. And it's hot. Like, it. like it, I don't know really how it hot. gets hot. It gets yeah. hot out there. And so we went out there, and it's not much to do. So JP was like, yeah, I'm going to show you. know, it show us a good time. We have a party whatever. So we go out there, and um, <laughs> so that night we go, and we check in the hotel. We hanging out. We just really just a lot of guys getting together. We having drinks or whatever. And just so happened, I look over, and, you know, Rick, the vegan Rick, so he wasn't eating meat. So he really was, you know, everything we had was really meat. So <laughs> I think, like, one or two drinks in, I'm looking at Ricky. I'm looking over like, bro, you straight? He's like, nah, I'm good. So then he just quiet. You know, he always always quiet so by the time we got off the uh the, the little bus or whatever to take us back to the hotel i'm like all right bro we at the hotel hey bro we at the hotel rick knocked out so i'm like rick all right come on he's like, all right i'm good so he get up and he get ready to walk in the hotel and then he goes and sit down i'm like rick what you doing like go to your room man he's like man i can't make it man do you know i had to pick this man up <laughs> ricky heavy 
<laughs> so I couldn't got, make it to his room. No, I got Ricky on my shoulders, right? <laughs> so I'm like, all right, cool. We <laughs> get in the elevator. Carry? Yeah, so I fireman <laughs> carry Ricky. So we go in the hotel. I mean, we go in the elevator. I'm in the elevator. So I'm like, all right, I'm on this floor. I know he must be on this floor. So I tap him. I'm like, Rick, just tell me what room number you in. Man, 10 minutes later, I'm still carrying Rick. <laughs> Now I'm like, God, he don't know what room he in. I done try to, you know how the hotels got the, the, the phones in the, in the, in the hallway. I done call, I'm calling security. I'm like, man, listen, help me. Cause this dude is heavy and I need to figure out what room he in. Man, I finally got that dude in his room. So security came up. I said, I got Ricky Williams. I need to take him to his room. <laughs> and so he went in the room. The next morning we get up, get ready to go to camp. He, he bounced up. He's like, yeah, man, I ain't really eat too much. I was like, yeah, I know. You heavy as shit too, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, man, it was just funny, man. It was like. We got to get some video of that, man. Somebody's got to pull some old footage. Man, I'm talking that fireman care. I'm talking Ricky heavy, boy. Did you ever set him down like, or the whole time? No, because I'm like, if I set him down, <laughs> oh, I can't pick- get him up. Like. I'm stuck. Like we, and it's like, all right, I'm stuck on the hall. I'm stuck in the floor. So do I take him all the way back down and go back down the right. elevator, get to the front desk to come all the way back up? Or do I just try to call this phone oh and get somebody to help me? And luckily they got somebody to come up there and help oh us out. You walk around the corner at all, like knock his head into the corner or something. You know man, that? like I done my kids a couple of times. <laughs> man. Oops. Yeah, I did that too. Look around, like, see if anybody here. I'm it on my shoulder and I hear like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she just hit her head. Well, we got a duck. Don't move cry. Now. Don't cry. Yeah. Oh man, that is too funny. Yeah, that oh, man. Rick, boy. <laughs> oh man, that's that's great, man. Ricky and Ronnie, man. I mean, that was uh by far the best duo <laughs> when it comes to running backs. You know, they they want to go back. I know they like to go back to you know Kick and Zonk and Merck, but man, Ricky and Ronnie running together, man. Please, we'd had that's the the recipe for success to have running backs like that. At the same time, we had two bona fide stars, man. Can you imagine Ronnie Brown walking around the hotel with Ricky Williams and the fireman's <laughs> carry on his back? No, I cannot. I can't. <laughs> Not man, two big guys, but Ronnie is a powerful dude. So I obviously it worked out. He's a out. powerful dude, but apparently he was worn out. Yeah, he, he was, was worn out. He said Ricky was heavy, but I love that Ricky the next day woke up and was refreshed and acted like nothing ever happened. He just was our dove. That's our dove right there. And, and Ronnie, if Ronnie had been a different dude, he might have let him know about himself. He might have. Man. That was too good. Hey, but from one twenty-three to another, how about Troy Stratford? Man, Troy the, was great. Yeah, the stories that you know with Dan Marino and playing against Buffalo Bills and you know Bruce Smith. <laughs> Hall of Fame Bruce Smith was, was he wore everybody out I think in the, in the NFL but Danny needed a little help at times he did not just his left tackle but he also needs some running back help <laughs> so when he had Troy <laughs> <laughs> Troy said he wasn't a blocker, though. He, he wasn't a blocker. He was a helper in this situation, oh, right? Oh, my God. So I love how the fact that Troy had to help out with the cut blocks on Bruce Smith, but Bruce Smith's reaction was the best. He was not having it. Not at all. Let's listen to it. So you just mentioned the Bills, and you also just mentioned – that you couldn't block and didn't like to block. Yes. And if I look at the era that you played for the Dolphins, 87 oh, and 90. Beast. The Bills had a guy on the other side of the ball. They had a couple guys. They had a I couple guys, but they about. had a particular guy who basically reinvented the defensive end position. So what's that like for a guy who doesn't like the Bruce block? Bruce Smith? <laughs> oh, yeah. You heard of him, Bruce Smith? I heard of him. Yeah. Well, what's that like looking up and seeing number 78 on the other side, and you can't block and right. you don't like to block? There are certain things you learn. <laughs> your rookie year as you're going through week by week. And I can remember being in meetings. And it, when you're a rookie, you just look at yourself on the film. And whether you messed up on play 34 or 45, you knew it was coming. So you're sitting in there, that meeting the whole <laughs> yeah. time, like, oh, my God, here it comes, here it comes. Because they would run that play back like 20, 25 <laughs> too times. Too many times. You know, and there were so many times – Shula would be sitting up there, and it was a play I may have did something a little wrong, and they would run it like 17 times, 18 <laughs> times, and he, he didn't catch it yet. And I'm like, cool. I'm good. Cool. I'm good. And then they're getting ready to go to the next play, and he go, hold up, hold up, hold up. Run that back? After 17 <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> and then he calls me out, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. But I can remember I sat in front of Woody Bennett in meetings, and he pulled my shirt one day watching films. And, and he said, watch Dwight. And I really didn't know who Dwight was for the most part. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who he was. He's like, watch Dwight. And I started watching Dwight. And I said, you got to be kidding me. This guy will block two, three guys on one particular play. He was absolutely perfect. He did not get beat ever. And it just kind of blew me away. And I, and I was like, this is incredible. And you learn things along the way. So now here come the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills, they're stacked. 
Thurman Thomas, uh, Cornelius Bennett, who I played with against against Alabama. Long story short, though, we get the game plan to try and block Bruce Smith. And who was, I can't remember the left <laughs> the tackle. tackle. I want to say, uh, I don't want to call it. Was it Delhi or anybody? It was, was Delhi. I mean, it is what it is. I think it was Delhi. <laughs> I think Delhi. it was Delhi. And couldn't block him. So they was like, okay, Troy. What you're going to do is you're going to stay one and one off of the tackle and you're going to chip Bruce Smith every play when it's not a running play in the backfield. I was like, okay, no big deal. And throughout the week in practice, like Dan was kind of affirming. Like, Troy, you got that? (laughs) I'm like, okay, I got it. I got it. So the first time it was third and whatever, and as opposed to being in my slot position flanked out, they had me in tight to help the tackle, just give him a little nudge. And again, here I am, the little guy, and it's Bruce Smith, right? He's a giant. I'm like, no way I'm hitting this guy up up top. So snap the ball, and I cut him. And I cut Bruce Smith down. And Bruce Smith was furious. He started cursing me at that point, and he took his helmet off, and like we, it was incomplete. So he's walking to the sideline. He's not talking to any of his teammates, not listening to any coach, because I'm still looking at him like, holy, holy (laughs) shit. Did I just make a mistake here? And he has fire in his eyes. And all he does is he goes to the sideline and he stares at me across the field. I'm on the bench now. And you're looking at him. And I'm still looking at him. But he's just staring at me. And I'm like, oh. And. Dan comes off the field. Great job, Troy. <laughs> Great job. Just do that every time. And all. Keep it up, Troy. Right? And I said to myself, well, I ain't doing that shit no more. I said, I'm never cutting that man again. And we came on the field again, and Bruce was still furious. And he had fire in his eyes, and he's looking at me. And you could tell he's just like, yo, dude, you respect my game out here. This is my livelihood. You don't do that to me. You don't cut me down and everything. And I'm just sitting there, and I didn't cut him the rest of the game. Right. I, you know, I don't know what happened. Like, if he got to Dan, whatever the case may be, <laughs> or if I back. was successful, or he just blew by me. But you knew it. from you that point, doing that shit no more. I said, I'm not cutting him again. And I remember meeting <laughs> Bruce that summer at an award show, which is now like the ESPYs or something like that. And I went up to him and kind of like apologize to him. <laughs> like, I'm right. sorry, dude. We're and I'm never going to do that yeah, again. Yeah, we're good, bro. Never going to do that again. Can we squash this shit, Bruce? Yeah. Cause I- never did it again. Never. But yeah, that's, that's why they great. drafted Richmond Webb. Right. That's the right. one the reason Smith. they drafted Richmond Webb, and he did a great job, and that's why he's a Hall of Famer. He was the one that could block Bruce Smith. And then all of a sudden, the Buffalo Bills had to start moving Bruce Smith to the other side, right. moving him around, trying to get him away from, from, from Richmond. Richmond. Man, Troy pissed Bruce off, and I friggin' just love the image of steam coming out of his ears and the fact that he looked at him from across the sidelines. Yeah, yeah, that was like, you can see it. That's a, he's a big man, too. Had to be imposing. Yeah. But you know what, though? Speaking of piss, how about the Lewis oh. Oliver story of oh, Brian God. Cox and also what happened? Also in Buffalo. That's right. Also Buffalo, in Buffalo. Man. How about that? That was a great story that I never knew anything about, but getting a victory in Buffalo is one thing. But to capitalize it with a situation like that, <laughs> that's funny stuff right there, Seth. Man, we got to hear this one. So now, Lou, you said you weren't built for distance. But one of my all-time favorite Lewis Oliver memories was against the Bills. I think he had three interceptions that day. Yeah, yeah. But you took one, yeah. the distance. Yeah. And you were going to ride them Buffaloes all the way home. You, I, I will never forget that. October 4th. Uh, yeah, and neither will you, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, I, was, that I was actually special, woke man. up that day, man. I woke up that day and I told uh, our defensive back coach, Mel Phillips, I said, I said, Mel, I said, I had a dream last night. I'm going to get three interceptions today. He said, Lou, we're going to need every one of them. Because, you know, Buffalo, Buffalo was man. Sure, kicking our ass every time they caught us. And I woke up that day and I just felt like I was like, yo, okay, I'm going to get three. And then so I you got, really had that dream? Yeah, no, this, is, true no this is a true story. This is true. Wow. I, I sat there and I was like, I said, I'm going to score my first touchdown. I never scored a touchdown even in middle school, high school, really? college, none of that. Wake up, I get the first interception, and then when I get the second one, that's the one I took 103. And then I got the third one probably like two series after that, and we took that one about 77. And, and we, we, we won that Ran out of gas yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. oh, dude. <laughs> dude. <laughs> that's dude. where that the distance showed up. Dude, dude. <laughs> I could sprint all day, but that distance, like me, I, like I, that distance, like if you had me run for three miles, 
I ain't built for that. Not, <laughs> not for time. Now I'm gonna make it, but no, you like Juice. Juice probably gonna do a a five k. Probably I think he gonna do about seven, six and a half minutes, seven minutes. He that's gonna be there in about eighteen, twenty minutes. That's about right. What was that's what you said. Yeah, to be. I'm gonna do that in thirty minutes. <laughs> I'm about a ten minute, 10 minute mile, mile, man. <laughs> I'm about a ten minute mile. So those those interceptions yeah. were in Buffalo as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, he was gonna ride of, them all the way yeah, home. And that's yeah. one of the best places to to play oh, on the man. road and get away. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And uh, and I never never will forget before we go in the locker room. Brian Cox, he he, he pees in a cup. He pees in a cup on the sideline, <laughs> and I was like, "B Cox, what you gonna do with that pee?" He said, "I'm gonna throw this in one of the motherfuckers' face." <laughs> So we walk, we walk, after the game's over, we going, and this Buffalo fans are screaming, hey, Cox, you suck. The guy leans over the rear, hey, Cox, you suck. And all you can hear at that moment was, put, put that pee, that pee. He threw pee in my mouth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I had no idea. Oh, man. No idea. I know he didn't like the Buffalo fans. Oh, he I knew he threw it. some middle fingers up no. in Buffalo. <laughs> he peed in the cup. I mean, on the sideline. I'm like, Cox, I said, B. Cox, what you doing? He said, I'm going to throw this piss in one of the motherfuckers' face. I say, are you serious? Man, we walking through the, tum- through the tunnel, the dude screaming at Brian, face full of piss. Mouth <laughs> full of piss. Oh, man. I'd have been looking for Brian after the game. Oh, oh. you have to. Oh, I would have been looking for him after the game. Yeah, I have oh to. B. Cox had some uh, epic, oh. epic days in Buffalo. Oh, man. Whoa, that was, yeah. oh what yeah. a great teammate, though. I don't man. know that oh, could be any more epic oh, than a, that, he's a, he's a great teammate, oh, we'll though, give, man. We'll give you the shirt off of his yeah, back. He was, man. But, and the piss out of his cup. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but when I tell you a little off, off of his rockers, oh, he was off of his rockers. Yeah. That B. Cox was he, yeah, he, he was a player though. Needless to say, Brian Cox left a bad taste in the mouth of <laughs> <laughs> some of the Buffalo good, fans. Good, good. Oh my God! <laughs> that when Lou told me that story, and you know, Lewis had so many great stories, but that one there, I, I the fact that you were caught off guard, yeah, that was special. You know, what I love about Lewis Oliver though, man. He's he's still a guy to this day that works out all the time. Yeah. You know, he's in the gym all the time. When I first got to the Miami Dolphins, I was like, damn, I'm glad this dude's on my team. He was so big and swollen. His workout, his work ethic was unbelievable. Planet Protein is back, Juice, Mm -hmm. and they are once again raising the bar in the world of clean nutrition. This time with a brand new organic protein shake that is sure to please everyone, from a defensive lineman to your busy family. In fact, we're enjoying Chocolate Magic right now before we hit the studio with our next guest, and it's delicious. Yeah, Chocolate Magic brings together superfoods from every corner of the globe. Reishi mushrooms, sprouted quinoa and chia to fight depression, boost mental cognition, and improve your heart health. Even with that holistic ingredient list, the flavor is out of this world. Rich, deep chocolate over an earthy, fulfilling base. The perfect blend to stay on top of your game and do what you do. Hey, that's right, Big Seth. And once again, if our listeners use the code FISHTANK, they will receive 20% off all purchases at planetprotein.com. So definitely use the Fish Tank code at planetprotein.com to take advantage of that amazing deal and check them out on Instagram as well at planet underscore protein. Speaking of a work ethic, you know, David Bowens tells this great story about him and Daryl Gardner <laughs> and a workout <laughs> that they had at, at uh, Daryl Gardner's compound. Yeah. That was funny stuff, Seth. <laughs> that was uh, just, I think, the epitome of work ethic. He, he was not going to let anybody slip. Big D shorty and, uh, you know, teaching a few folks some moves. We got to hear it. Yeah. And it was just one of those deals where if, if shorty had it, I had it. Right. And, like, I, I had a townhouse in Pembroke Pines. You know, me and my brother, we were staying in there, and it was not, not a big deal. And I go out to Parkland, and Shorty has this five-acre compound. Right. That was, place was unbelievable. So I would, I, would, place? Pictures, yeah. Yeah, I would stay there on the weekends. Like, we would go party, and I'd just go back to Shorty's house, and we would just stay there. And then on Monday, we start over from work. And so that was one of the deals. Did where you Shorty, stay in the secret room? That- oh, he, he, oh, I got a story <laughs> about I got a story about Shorty had a weight room that was separated from his house. That was almost an exact replica of the Miami Dolphins weight room. He had all the equipment. He had a sauna, a shower, a steam room, massage table. He had all that stuff. It was like, Damn. I want to say 1,900 square feet. And he had pictures all over the wall. So one, one day, it was New Year's. We had went out. To a strip club, naturally. <laughs> and so the whole night, I'm, I'm consistency. You know, we're just we're just socializing. And 
Little do I know, Shorty and my brother, Taiwan, they're recruiting girls. I'm like, what's going on? So Shorty's like, I just ordered a limo. I'm like, for what? We already have one. It's New Year's. We're partying, whatever. He's like, we're bringing back about nine girls. Oh, okay. All right. So we get back, and we go straight to this weight room. And I swear to God, Juice, Daryl pulls out a agility ladder. <laughs> and he's got. I don't know where this is going. He's got strippers doing the same agility <laughs> that we did every day. It was the funniest shit. Like, he's like, working them out. Like a girl had like heels on, and she's like, "I'm like, fuck, we gotta tape her ankles now." Like, she's she's trying to do the in and out, and like, and was tw- he like serious? Was he like trying? No, no, your form is wrong. And dead ass serious. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, dead ass serious. Shorty was like, "Hey, hey, hey, elbows tight." <laughs> the tryout, Seth. Yeah, man. It was a tryout. You know, <laughs> that might be tryout. somebody. And, and Shorty, right there, he was single at that point. Yeah. Right? And then, so he was looking for the missus, I think, man, at that like, point. We, that's one thing I liked about Daryl was that he was, he was a spontaneous person like myself. Like, at the spur of a moment, you know, I remember one time he was just like, hey, Debo, let's go to New York. I'm like, when? He's like, tonight. <laughs> okay. Nice. He's like, I know, I, know, I know you. I'll pay for it. Fuck, let's go. That's what's up. You know, he, he just showed love like that. Yeah. And, you know, as a young guy getting taken under the wing by a veteran, and, and a lot of people, like my agent used to call me like, why are you hanging out with him? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. Like, right. Right. he's showing me love. That's it. Right. You know, and that's all it was. And, you know, a lot of people will have their own ideas of, of how we party and what we did. All I did was go party and have fun. That was it. That's what's up. Nothing man. more than that. Nothing more than drinking and just hanging out. I, I think you shit. both probably were in each other's life at the right time. At you the right I mean? time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because he's something he, to be said for that. Can you just picture Shorty giving the instructions to these these uh, dancers? That's what we're calling. Uh, yeah. We'll, professionals. We'll they professional. were professional dancers. <laughs> in fact, he said in their heels. <laughs> said they had a spat there. <laughs> well, you know what? Oh, I, I, my you God. See, I, well, I've heard people have seen how they can move around in those heels. So I can imagine Allegedly, going through, you know, some drills. They've got heels. a skill set there? Correct. Oh, well. I the, couldn't do it. <laughs> Debo and Shorty, the fact that they took a lunch meeting, right, that that was their lunch meetings, and, <laughs> and they went next level. Turned it into a workout. Only, only Big D Shorty could make that happen. So, you know, a lot of characters on the D-line. And uh, and that goes without saying. You've talked about what that room was like. And fast forward some years, we also had another big guy in in the tank in Vonnie Holiday. Yes. And Vonnie happened to be really close with a, a guy Your man, that uh, our I'm man. near and dear our to. Man. Yeah, but he told a story that was one. Speaking of stories he hadn't heard, this was a, a, an amazing story of JT and and the gambler that he was on game day. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah, you talk about those two as rookies. I remember when JT came in as a rookie, he was quiet. You know, he was trying to feel his way through it. Those guys came in, like, right away, like, here we in, are. In your face. with part of it, right? Well, JT had a, had a hell of a career, which like, when you were part of that, and, you know, you talk about Nick and how JT was his, you know, love child. Or, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> I mean, obviously, he got him a defensive player of the year award and everything. But, you know, you guys had to have some, some good memories with each other, playing with each other. Tell me anything about JT, his boss, that, you know, we might not know about JT. Yeah, thankfully, I, he doesn't like listen to, give, to the podcast. I like, I like to give him the sometimes on the side when he doesn't know we're talking about it. First of all. JT didn't give him my props. Who played beside him when he got those 17 sacks? What I can't remember the number and, and, and the player of the year. I think that's Defensive happened like three times. I think yeah. that's happened like three times in my career. JT, Elvis Dumerville, and Joey Porter. Wow. Yeah. So you're the guy. I don't, I, it's yeah, all about I, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. saying. You took up There's the double a common team. denominator. Well, yeah. When, when Kevin I'm, wouldn't yeah. take up the double team, you took the double team, still, so they have the one on one. When my knee hurts now, I'm still mad. Still at mad at Kevin Carter. <laughs> Lower back pain. I'm still mad. at Do you Kevin watch Carter. college football Sunday? I you do like, watch yeah, it. Saturday. Yeah, yeah, I do watch. Goddamn KC. Looking all fresh and everything. Looking all clean up there. In his suit. Tay Diggs up there doing his. Yeah, but but JT JT was always my wife and I. We call him Super JT because you know he's like bigger than life, especially down here. But he is a he he was a class act. He's a kind of guy. He brought me in and kind of put me under his wing, even as a vet. You know, I was a vet too. But he's just he was just a class act. <laughs> there was this one time though. He's gonna get mad about this. Oh, I'm loving it. Where JT was always playing games, like on on the sideline. You know, you take all those protein shakes, and you know it gets you a little gassy. So he's on the sideline, and he's passing out, like laughing, like because it's the worst smell. Ha 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 ha! He's that line. Did you fart? Because I did. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so all of a sudden he he's like, oh, watch this one, and all of a sudden his face changed. He's like. 
<laughs> and I'm like, what? No. He shot it, man. Yeah, he did. He shot it. JT shot it in the middle of the game. And so he stood up and he was like, hey, man, can you see it? And we're like, no. He's like, you can't he see it. He wearing white pants or aqua pants? White, white oh, pants. Oh, no. So he had to go over it and just get on the ground. And oh, no. Get dirty. <laughs> See, now the different Channing would embrace that. <laughs> yeah, Channing is disgusting. Yeah. Oh, JT. <laughs> Channing went out with, his, with, 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 with my family today on a boat fishing this morning. Oh, you were with him? With, with Channing. And Channing told my, my wife and my son about uh, what he does during the game. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah taking himself. a knee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I had told my son about a guy I played with, but I didn't give him a name. Hey, son, remember that guy? Yeah. He's Here like, he is. That guy's disgusting. <laughs> oh, my God. You yeah, have so, no idea, yeah, son. But so JT. I will never forget that. Like his facial expression, like he, he was just so shocked. His face. Oh my god! So what game? We got to go back and watch yeah. some film now. Yeah. See where his, his, he didn't yeah. run into the locker room. Yeah, the, the dirtiest he, ass. We see his ass is the dirtiest. We know what's really going he, he on. He couldn't. There. Literally, I think we were on the sideline. He was playing around. Next thing you know, it was like an interception. It happened a lot when we played here. When yeah. I played here. It was an interception. We were back on the field three and out. Right, quick. right. And so, uh, yeah. That, that, that's a JT. That story. is a fantastic JT that, story. That great. I was going to ask you one about the Channing set, but I, I would not have expected that. And you know, it's funny. That's one I don't know, Juice. I can't believe he don't know that about JT. Well, that's not something he ran home and told True. me. I guess. <laughs> True, but he did it <laughs> in front of a what? bunch of people. Now yeah. he had a lot of witnesses, but we finally got the yeah. truth out of him. We got to figure out what game that was, Vaughn. You have to, <laughs> have to look to think that about one up. This game. You know, I almost didn't put that one back on the air, Juice. I, but, right. So I hope I still have a job once this airs. Right. But uh, a different side of JT that we hadn't heard before. That was so funny, man. That's so funny. You know, you talk about gambling. And losing. Was, right. <laughs> on, on one side, we had this DB combo. One guy gambled a lot in Sam Madison. Oh, yeah. The other guy, Pat Sertan, his counterpart, you know, he, he didn't gamble as much, but he gambled in a battle one time. So. He did. Right. Because, you know, <laughs> you know, Pat's, Pat's well-rounded. You know, he can hoop, he can play corner. He's and he'll let you know. Athlete. Yeah, he will. He will. But his rap game, it's on point sometimes, but this time it wasn't <laughs> as on point as he thought it should be. He ran into something he wasn't expecting in this story, and we had a special guest that jumped into the conversation, a guy by the name of Morlon Greenwood. Take a listen. So, Juice, you brought up Eric Moulds, yeah. and Pat was good enough to tell us <laughs> the story of Eric Moulds because I know he's heard about that one forever. But it reminds me of my one of my favorite Pat stories from off the field. Uh-oh. So if you remember, Juice, Pat, obviously hell of a corner. He also thought he was a rapper, right? So he's from oh. Louisiana. <laughs> was cash money millionaires, you know. <laughs> right. <He> was, <laughs> that, was, that was the era of all that. And Pat was always in these freestyle rap battles <laughs> with all these different guys. And there was one particular battle. I said he would claim he won all of them. And then his hype man was always too nine. Hey, where is he? <laughs> in the back, he was always hyping him up. And Pat swore he was nice. <laughs> but we, were, we <laughs> there was one particular battle. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but we have a special guest who wants to ask you about that battle. Blah, blah. <laughs> Big bad and bold pierce color for roll with Excalibur. What's up, Pat? This is Ultimate, a.k.a. Marlon Greenwood, number 52 for the Miami <laughs> Dolphins from 2001 to 2004. Yeah, Patrick Sertain, my boy Pat. I remember when you were in a freestyle rap game, brother, and uh, I remember when we had that battle in the locker room. <laughs> now, now that you dove into fish tank, hmm? How about you tell me, Ultimate, a.k.a. Marlon Greenwood, blah, blah, <laughs> and the listeners, what the real story is about that freestyle battle that took place right there at the Dolphins facility. Okay. <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. Ultimate, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> What's up, Marlon? That's my, my boy, man. But I'm going to tell you exactly. We, we were actually by Zach's house. Okay, I don't know if it was the night before, but before <laughs> that. And we had a freestyle battle, and I killed Marlon. Like, I'm talking about absolutely murdered him. So it was, it was like two or three days later, he called me in the locker room. He was hot. <laughs> so he actually had a chance to go home and write, write things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he prepared. He, oh, he, he prepared. Doctor. Absolutely. <laughs> he was too crisp with it. He prepared for it. He was ready for me, dog. And he killed me in the locker room. I'm not going to lie. But he, but he had something written down. Trust me. I, Were you there for it, Juice? Oh, no, you know, Juice then was in the other corner, that's man. Great, man. Oh, man. That's great. You so, remember the line? Do you remember the I, line? I remember something it? about Eric Mose. I remember that. Man, he said something. He wrote, he wrote it down, though. Absolutely wrote it down. He said, you know, he had his list.
this, but he said something. He still, he said something about, uh, yeah, you've made the Pro Bowl, but Eric Mould stole your soul. He said <laughs> something, and, and the whole locker room. Oh! <laughs> yeah, he, he flipped it on. He went and wrote some, oh, some stuff down. Man. So it wasn't a freestyle. No, <laughs> I don't know. Because I killed him the, the, like two nights before. On the real Zach, freestyle. On the real yeah. freestyle. Yeah. I actually so remember I had him that. Hot. I had him hot. That's this was Zach, this yeah. one Zach was in the acres. Right, that house. Right, quarter yeah. miles. Man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great, man. <laughs> so tell them the whole story, Marlon. You know you you <laughs> wrote something down. We'll have to get Morlon on now and see if he really did. So, Juice, do you think Morlon really wrote something down? I mean, Pat's convinced. It's 1,000% written down. <laughs> you know, I'm going to give Pat the nod It on was that too one. strong? For sure, for sure. It was Marlon, too strong. Morlon's good, but that was, that was written. He for waited sure. for his moment. That <laughs> was right. so funny, He's probably man. up all night getting that prepared as well. Oh, man, it was strong. He definitely – he was a lyricist in that very moment. And I love that Pat wanted to make sure he set the record straight. <laughs> so speaking of records, you know, one of my jobs in, in PR was we kept the records, certainly a lot of the records that you had, most catches and all those different things. But, you know, there was nobody better at that than my, I'll call him my mentor, right. Harvey Green, the guy who gave me my start in the league. Um, Harvey was an unbelievable guest yeah. and had stories dating back to his days in New York. And uh, I love the story of Steinbrenner and, and Joe Robbie battling over Harvey's employment. <laughs> How about that? But I think perhaps the best one he told was the time that he let Coach Shula down when that plane arrived on a road trip. <laughs> and so, OJ, you know, the, the advancing thing, and really for the listeners as well, because I got to experience this, and, and different, by the time I was doing it, we really only handled the media stuff. And, and, and at that point, we were at least FedExing things and there was email and all these other things that Harvey didn't have. But Harvey would have us. What we were supposed to do is we put all these packets together. You get all these clips from the newspaper clippings. So when those coaches, I mean, it was like game day when they walked off that plane. And you've seen it yes. as a player. You oh, come yeah. off as a PR guy. You're running around. You're sweating. You're making sure everybody gets their packets. The, their, their hotel keys were in the packets. If they had per diem, if they had money. And we had to work with the operations guys and get all that stuff together so i can only imagine for harvey what that was like knowing that shula was and you don't know what you're going to get right they get off that plane you don't know what you're going to walk into well there, i'll tell you two quick things one the most important thing in the packet were the clips because this is before the internet and when you went up to these other cities you were kind of like the eyes and ears so every, every day yeah, I would, what's I, happening in I, that I, town? I would cut right. out the newspaper articles and the buffalo mm -hmm. daily news and 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 and, and fa you know i'd, I'd have to fax right. them back right. so they'd have you get like injury yeah. reports or right. what happened and, and actually yeah. coach shula always asked me to go up early on Tuesday to Buffalo because Bill Polian had a radio show at 7 o'clock that he wanted me to take notes about. Right, that you could listen to yeah, now I, I, down I, here. Yeah, yeah, now, right, but, yeah, 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 you can't exactly. do it now. Right, so right. I'd land, get my car radio and turn it on and sit there on the side and take notes about Polian talking about injuries or anything. I and find a payphone and call yeah. back to coach. Yeah, But, but there, there, there are times where that's great, that's great. and Seth might remember this. You certainly will. When we landed on Saturday, they don't do this anymore. We would actually go, go to, to the, the visiting site oh, yeah. and and, and do a, Jimmy do did it, it the first right, year. Do it an hour and a half walk through first right. juice. Correct me if I'm wrong. Until the equipment truck got there, exactly right. You would go and do some film work, exactly right, and and, mm -hmm. and, and get on the practice field. I remember once when uh, we got there and the equipment truck broke down. And I had to tell Coach, Coach, we're going to be late. The equipment truck broke down. He says, well, where the hell was the backup equipment truck? <laughs> we're going to have backup equipment trucks. You got the coach. That's but, a coach, but anyway, right? But so then Harvey started checking the engines. Yeah. He'd make the bus drivers turn the engines oh, on. Oh, that's all. Those, oh, well, I'll tell you a little about that. So the, I, I had a checklist, right, of all these things exactly. You know, I love this dispatch. story. So we landed in, in Providence, and we only had limited time. We were going to Schaefer Stadium. when you know, when, We only had a limited time to, to do our walkthrough there because they had to kick us out for whatever reason. Right. So we only had that window. So the plane lands in Providence, and I'm I'm all set. I'm you know we got everything all together, and we bring the staircase up to meet the plane. You know the one front staircase. They pump the staircase up, and it doesn't reach the top. <laughs> it was for a 757, not a 767. Now this is Providence. It's not like there are thousands of staircases running around like this. This is before they had jetways. So they open the door, and the staircase is about three feet down. And Shu was looking at that, and he's looking at me. Was this get, after the Achilles? Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Lord. So smoke is coming out of his ears. Not that he was worried about the drop down, but he knew we were wasting time, and this was time that would be taken away from the amount of time we had to practice. So I was running like crazy, and I had to go to United, and they had to get their staircase because we were flying Delta, and it took about 25 minutes before we actually got that second staircase. So the whole team up. is on the plane. And the whole team's on the plane. They're all looking at looking me. Out looking out the window. Because they know what's oh, going on. Man. And, and I can see them going, eh. 
<laughs> so I, I'm, I'm dreading when I finally get this. I want to, if, you know, it was concrete. If I could bury a hole there, I'd dig myself into it. So Shula comes off the staircase, and since you cursed, I, 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 can, I, can, I can say it the way he did. He comes to me, and he looks at me, and he said, Add that to your fucking checklist. <laughs> <laughs> and he walked into the bus. And all the players came down and said, way to go. Yeah, you really exactly screwed right, that one exactly up. Right. <laughs> and I'll tell you what. I did add it to the checklist because every other week after that, I would ask him to pump those stairs up long before the plane ever got there. Right, right. So you know exactly if it's <laughs> going to work right. or not. So that's our line. I said, DJ Preach here now at the foundation. If there's something that goes wrong, I walk over. I said, add that to your fucking checklist. So I'm taking that line from Coach. If I ever wrote a book about this stuff, I would call it, where are the fucking buses? <laughs> good design is good business, but great design can be a game changer. Whether you need a new company logo, dynamic presentation decks, or want to bring a Winwood-style mural to your corporate office or event, Thunderous Genius will exceed all of your expectations. The Thunderous team has worked with your favorite sports franchises, athletes, and entertainers, and can't wait to bring that perfect blend of creativity and structure to you as well. So contact them at thunderousgenius.com. Say that the fish tank sent you and receive a 50% discount off your first project. Off. So what are you waiting for? It's time to get thunderous. And now on to the show. Speaking of Harvey, you know, I know he had to have a lot of conversations with our next guest. You know, Joe Rose and his his radio show. I'm sure Harvey had to put out a lot of fires yeah. when it came to stuff that Joe. You think was Joe saying. got added to the checklist? Oh, absolutely. Too? <laughs> I'm sure he did, Sam. So, you know, with, with Joe Rose, man, you know, you gotta be careful what you tell him because he knows a lot more than what people know. Yeah, Joe knew Joe knew a whole lot. Joe knew kind of everybody's business. He Correct. did. But the thing about Joe is he's not afraid to tell you what his business was as well. That's right. And Joe loved a good party back in the day. Uh, but uh, I guess there was a time where he learned that if he was going to go to a good party, he really should take his own car That's to right. that party. Uh, because one time, uh, Duper and Clayton took him a little further than he anticipated. Duper and Clayton. I've heard some epic stories about those guys, and Joe corroborated. <laughs> I, I have to tell you guys another. Another one. Now, see, I'm not even giving you guys a chance to ask questions. No, go. This is great. Hey, fuck the four it's, so, it's your world. So anyway, we uh, we used to have, you know, ladies' nights were always big. And, and, and ladies' nights became big. There was a oh, big one it. in Palm Beach, Homestead. But Clayton and Duper used to find them. They were they were great. Those, those two, I don't know which one, but they would find them, and then we'd all go out. I'd end up somehow with sometimes that more in there with us, and, and we'd go out. <laughs> and, you know, just guys' night and, and hit it and and uh, go out and have fun. One night, I went down with, I knew better. I ended up driving down with Duper to this place in Homestead. <laughs> and I, and at that time, in Homestead, wow. I was married to the first wife, and it was already, it was a little strain on the whole thing. And From the twins. The, the, everything. It was everything. Because, you know, they can never trust you once after that. You know, you're, yeah, you're on probation for life, man. Or in this case, six years. But uh, so so anyway, it's like 2, 3 in the morning. It, we're having a blast. I go, hey, guys, somebody got to get me home. I said, I, I, you guys ready to go? Like, Hell no, man. We're having a great time, dude. We're, ain't nobody going home. So I was like, shit. So anyway, I had to wait. No Uber back then. None. So um, my car was at Nat Moore's house. So finally, those guys all go back, and Nat drops me off at his house. And Pat, his wife, is out in front and goes, Joe, uh, I won't say my ex-wife's name, but she's already called and she's pissed <laughs> off. She's looking for you. Yeah. And, and now, had kind of an unwritten rule. The sun, if the sun was coming up, it was too late. Way too late. Way too late. And so, and now I'm, I'm pushing it. It's, it, it's, it, it's touching 6 a.m. I mean, it, it's way too late, you know. And I still had a little drive from North Miami to Fort Lauderdale. So uh, I got in that car and, and Pat, I'll never forget Pat out in front goes, and I think she's thrown all your shit out. In front. I think all your stuff's out. <laughs> she gave you a little heads so up. So she I apparently like got a scouting report. One of the greatest intel. scouting reports. So, so sure enough, man, I get home. And, oh, by the way, and the sun's just coming up. I knew I I missed it by a few hours. Then <laughs> a the, few the, hours. The, the <laughs> I missed it. You didn't just miss. I it. missed it badly. <laughs> and there I look, and my shit, everything I own, suits. Shorts, underwear, socks, shoes is all out. I lived over in the Harbor Beach area in Fort Lauderdale over by 17th Street Bridge. And my shit was all over. It was all <laughs> over the place. And I knew that I was way, way too late. So I came home, 
she was obviously upset. So I went and hadn't been to bed. So I jumped and went to take a little nap. So now I, I hear noise. Like I, I, I'm waking up, I sleep, I don't know, 9, 10, 11 o'clock. I hear something. So I, I get up and people are taking my shit. So she's telling them to take my stuff. <laughs> shit, she's putting all the shit out that I own and tell them, hey, you want this? Take it. People are walking by, you know, down the tourist and shit are walking like up yard down sale, that way. It was a yard free. sale for free. <laughs> hey, 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 that's Everything all I must own. go. That's all I own. You can't do that. And I felt like I got hit in the head with that, you know, a hammer from the amount I, I'd had. And it's like, oh, God. Did you run outside? Were you, like, taking shit back from people? Of course, <laughs> man. I was going, hey, 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 hey. I need that. Now, hell right, no. Right, right. No, that's a jersey. I want to keep that. You don't know. Hell no. So, uh, yeah, it was some crazy, crazy times back then. So, Juice, did you uh, did you learn from Joe's mistakes? Like, if you were on the road, were you you know you went somewhere? Did you make sure that you had your own vehicles? So you weren't stuck on somebody else's. I, I still abide by that because you know I hate being stuck anywhere right yeah. now. But that's always the way to go. <laughs> you know, I don't go on boats because once you're on a boat, you're stuck on. Can't a boat. go anywhere, right? So you take your own car, or own vehicle anywhere because you know you're at the at the whim of anybody that's that's that got you there. You're kind of stuck. So well, yeah. Homestead is damn near like getting out yeah. there on a boat. It is out. There. But I love the fact that he said we were about three or four we missed the sun coming up by about three or four hours and uh, i wonder if anybody actually got away with any of his stuff in that in that yard sale yeah i don't think so well i don't know we'll, we'll... joe came out and was chasing him down yanking it out of their hands too funny well you know it, it, clearly one of the guys that got him into that mess was mark clayton and uh mark had a lot of wonderful stories when we had an opportunity to speak with him at ella cafe That's right did it did our only on location fish tank episode but what I thought was really interesting that Mark was kind enough to give us some insight on what happened, with, you know, right before he ended up leaving Miami and going to Green Bay. He kind of had a moment here with a couple of the coaches. Yeah, I love Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mark, you just mentioned getting traded to Green Bay. No, I wouldn't get traded. I was uh, unrestricted, unrestricted free agent. Unrestricted free agent. Right. Right. I, I left him because but, they, didn't, right. they didn't want me here no more. Right. Well, so I want to ask you they about that. They didn't want that. me right. here anymore. And I don't know if I'm stepping into some shit that I shouldn't be stepping into. Talk to me about what the question that led to go ask the fat man around the corner. <laughs> you, talk to you, me about you, that. I'm going to tell you, you about that. I'm not asking him that question. I said, no, no, I, 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 I want to know. I'm going to tell you about that, Sam. Yeah. At that particular time, I, I, you know, it's something I said. You know what, though? And, and, and I don't regret saying that. Okay. Because... At that particular game, we played the Sam, we played the 49ers, right? And throughout that, that game, right, uh, Gary Stevens was trying to <laughs> fuck me and Duke over. Okay. To be honest, right? And so they was trying to. And why? They would, I don't know, because I, I guess he still had that UM mentality like we were little kids and shit. We were grown-ass men. Right. Gotcha. And so, that college coach mentality. Yeah. And, and, got it. And, okay. we, and, and, and he didn't like the fact that we wasn't, you know, letting him talk to us like we were college kids. Right. And so that, that whole year and stuff, they was trying to, you know, plug in Tony Martin and take me Dubow to bring in Fred Banks and, and take me out right there. So this game right there. So it was cold as hell in San Francisco. It was raining that game, right? And so, I feel like they been, had been freezing me out okay. all year, right? You know, because, man, they, on third down, they weren't coming to me like they used to and stuff, so I, I feel like my, my contract was up, and they didn't want to pay me my work, because gotcha. they had always, uh, they had always not paid me my work. Right? Yeah. Always we saw felt, that from the I earlier contract. I always felt well, you got that uh, seventeen thousand when you know. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but so so that particular game, right? Gary Stephen, they you know we they trying to sub us in and shit. So so I'm in the huddle and here comes Fred Banks and they said Clayton. You <laughs> know, oh. I said I said man, I hadn't caught no balls that game yet. I said fuck you, Fred. <laughs> I ain't coming out. So she said, well, and so Dan said, Fred, get your ass out of here. <laughs> Dan at the back. Dan said, that. get your ass out of here, Fred. And so, so, so I go over the sideline and stuff. I said, hey, I'll go over to Gary Stevens. Because that's who we sitting there. I said, Gary. I said, what the fuck you doing, man? I said, I'm not on sub. I'm a starter. I said, I come out when I get tired. I said, and I ain't tired, right? <laughs> so I said, I said, and who said take me out of the game, right? He said, well, Shula said it, right? So I said, okay. So Shula was like watching the game. <laughs> so I go up to him, and Gary didn't think I was going to do During it. During the game. During the game. I went to him and said, Coach, you taking me out of the game? He looked at me. 
He said, who the fuck said that? And so Gary was kind of see exactly what I'm doing. I said, he, he was like the guys I, with I, the I, things I, on the I, seat. I, he I, was, I, I, said, I said, he said, Gary said that. So he goes over there and he rips Gary's ass oh, wow. right there on the sideline. Wow. He said, I didn't fucking tell you to take him out of the game. Leave him in the goddamn game. So, so I said, I went up to Gary after that. I said, you motherfucker. I said, don't you ever say shit to me else. Oh, Long man. As you live. And wow. so, so, like I said, we, they threw me the one pass. All I, this happening on the sidelines. And yeah, we're just yeah, watching yeah, the game. Yeah. Life in the NFL. And so, like yeah, I said, I, I caught one pass that game. To, and, and to keep my little – well, I didn't even know about no streak, right? But I caught one pass that game, right? And so, boy, and see, then, back then, they let the reporters right in right after the game. I'm no cool-down period. No cool-down period. <laughs> so, they got me raw. I love that cool-down period. They, they got me raw. <laughs> PR guy. They got me raw. So, then they start asking me about, what do you think is wrong with this? And I say, don't ask me that shit. Go ask the fat man. <laughs> so, for that those of you great. who are listening, they didn't know who the fat man was and at the beginning so of this. But hold on, it's not over, though, after that, right? So, <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's in the paper, right? That's dead paper. So, and so, I wonder how soon so, he so, found so, out. So, 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 but Shula read every article about the Dolphins in every publication, that's what right? we do. We bring them and So, I walked in the locker room and the, the next day and stuff because we, our off day was 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 uh, uh, Mondays, okay, and not Tuesdays. So we, I go in. No, no, I went, I went in Tuesday, right? So Bobby Monica is cracking <laughs> up, right? Bobby Monica was the equipment manager. Yeah, 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 the equipment, equipment manager. Know. So Bobby is cracking up. So he's he's like, oh my god. He said this is a classic, right? So I, I said, damn, I didn't think that, you know, because I, I didn't read the paper and stuff. So he showed me that in the paper. So as soon as I got that call, Tasser says uh, uh, the running back coach. He said. Coach Shula wants to see you, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I went back there and talked to Coach Shula. He says, uh, what the fuck you mean to go ask the fat man? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I backpedal so bad, better than DB best start backpedaling. No, what did you say? So I said, hey, Coach, I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he said, he said, don't give me that shit. <laughs> he said, you was talking about me. He said, I'm the only fat man. I said, no. Is that what he said? <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm the only he fat man it. around here. I wanted to say, well, what the fuck you got a problem with it for then? <laughs> I said, go ask you. Boy, he's, it's, uh, I said, he said, listen, man, I don't, I don't call you out of your name. So oh don't call me out God. of my name. I said, you wow. right. I said, I said you're right, coach. I said, I was frustrated. I should have said it. I said, but you know what, though, man, nah, I, they shouldn't ask me no question about what's wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> they said, ask you, coach. Yeah, Let, yeah, yeah. Don't ask off. you. Don't ask me. Yeah, that's I'm, what I'm you not, told them. I'm not the coach. And to say the coach, you asked the fat man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How about the fact, though, Juice, that he knew right away? Yeah, like, he I'm said, the, you was talking about I'm me. the only I'm fat, the only man, fat here. man here. So what if he said, I don't know? Like, okay, then who were you talking about? Who, who was going to be your fat man? Probably John Sandusky. <laughs> Somebody. You had a, you had a backup plan. I, I want to know who's the fat man that if there's a coach. <laughs> the offensive line coach. There uh, you go. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. I like that. Oh, oh man, that's great. Man, oh, man. I just missed Mark Clayton when I got here to the Miami Dolphins. Did you hold it against Gary Stevens? I, I, I should have. I really should have. But I'm going to tell you what, man. It's like we played together like we were best friends still, and we still communicate to this day. Uh, but, man, Mark Clayton was, is still a class act. And I can't wait to see him in the Hall of Fame. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. And we, you know, we talked about that on the show as well. But when I listen to this story back, could you, I mean, you know, you played for Coach Shula. If you had been in, the, if you had been his teammate at that moment and you were sitting there at your locker and you heard, go ask the fat man, yeah. what would your reaction have been at that time? Oh, man, I, I, it'd be, it'd be, I'd laugh. Because you know what, I, I'd be, it, it, it's, it's one of those things, man, where I was a guy who would never speak like that. But Mark Clayton had that swagger. He had that clout. He had that juice where he could say whatever the fuck was on his mind. Well, he sure as shit did in that moment. (laughs) Holy smokes. And listen, speaking of saying whatever you want to say that's on your mind, we could not have a best of episode. Now, this is our second volume of the best of, and, and we did have Channing Crowder in the first one. But there's no way 
that we could call this a best of in our right minds without having a Channing Crowder have to have at story. Least one, right. Yeah, there were just too many. As those of you who are fans of the show know, Channing was so good that we had to split it into two episodes. So he's <laughs> we couldn't now, get him to leave. That's right. So he's got one foot in each best of as well. Uh, you know, there's countless stories. We actually had a hard time choosing one for this best of episode. But being the gator that I am, Channing shared one of uh, a night out in Gainesville. Course. What it was like to go out with with Channing Crowder <laughs> in, in a night out in Gainesville. Take a listen to this one. And there was a story that I heard when after you got drafted to the Dolphins, and I was speaking to one of the linebacker coaches, and and he said, "Yo, we got we got one here, and you know he'll he'll mix it up a little bit." He goes, "In fact, there's a story that when he was in Gainesville, he was at a bar, and he jumped up on the bar, and he announced to the entire room, "I'm Channing Crowder." And I'll beat anybody's ass in this bar. It, it, is, is there truth to this story? There's truth to it. Like, you, what's this telephone? You tell this, tell that. Yeah, tell, tell a coach. Yeah. That's close to what it was. It's actually worse than Well, that. you're in the fish tank now, <laughs> Crowder, we, so we, we need to know what really happened. <laughs> we in Gainesville. What happens, I'm from Atlanta. I got a tattoo down the back of my arm. And I was wild in Gainesville. I ain't going to lie. Wild. I'm the shirt off guy. Every club. You Hard know to saying? imagine. In Gainesville, if you, if you cut Gainesville out of, it's probably, I'd say, a radius of Five to eight miles. If you just cut that area out and picked up Gainesville, the the, the university, University of Florida, okay. Gainesville would be lakes and sugar fields. Right. It's the middle of nowhere, but they pack 50,000 in Santa Fe's right there and oh, like yeah. community college. They pack like 50, 60, 70,000 kids in this little bitty hole. And if you're an All American, everybody knows that big ass dude. And I'm tattooed up, dread braids all the time. So, and I didn't yeah, couldn't hide, hide it. Couldn't didn't hide, hide it. And right, I don't think right. he was trying to hide. No. It doesn't sound like it. And didn't, didn't try hide. to hide. Yeah. And the arrest shows that. But this was honestly. There was a plural on that, wasn't there? Yeah, the yeah I heard thing, mess on the, that one. The, the, the NFL probably heard the story because it was one of my arrest nights. And so now they had to do their due diligence. One to see of what my arrest nights. Right yeah, you know. That should be the name of your podcast. One of my arrest <laughs> nights. Yeah. It'll be. Legally arrested be three detainments dozens. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta catch. You gotta catch Papa Bell. Every time they try to come get me, Juice, Mister Crowder, freeze! Right, <laughs> come get Papa Bell. Ass and elbows, evading every time. But <laughs> so this night, I'm DSGB. I have down the back of my arm. It comes from a song from Pastor Troy, down south Georgia boy. I am DSGB, Pastor. It's it's old school Atlanta fight music. I knew Pastor Troy. I knew his little. Bro- I know Pastor Troy. I'm not as cool with him and his brother like I used to, but he came to Gainesville to perform. So Pete called me. and was like, "Hey, I'm coming down there." And Pete, you know, he when I was going to UGA, he's a huge UGA fan. He got a big dually truck, black and red, and all stuff. He has a bulldog that he like. He loves UGA. But he still took your calls even after. Yeah, but you- okay. we, we were boys. Before, right, and cool. he was mad when I when I didn't go to UGA. But then Troy called me like, "Hey, man, I'm doing a show in Gainesville. The craziest thing." He was like, "Come out." I was like, "Cool." So when he gets there, I'm with Troy in Gainesville. So I'm already, I already got a name. And now I'm on the stage with Troy. We throwing bowls, jumping around, drinking hot ass Hennessy. <laughs> so we toe up, no shirt on, got on. It's a theme, uh, I think, right? Hey, no I, shirt. Oh, oh, I, I'd wear old shirts. Apparently it's a dolphin, dolphin linebacker, linebacker theme. theme but... I would dress to get naked at the club. You know how you go out now and be like, oh, I'm, I'm throwing in Mark, what is it, Michael Coy's shirt. No, shit. $100 shirt to take off and leave somewhere? No. Nah. White tee. That's right. No wife beat. I want these girls to see these abs. I work too goddamn hard. <laughs> so we're in the club. This time, it's one, the, what is last call? 130, 130 because 2 o'clock was, uh, was, was last, last everything. So about 130, they turned the lights on. Dude's name was Lou. Everybody called him Lou P. So Lou was up there. Lou was the owner of the palace. The palace is Florida theater. It goes way back. A bunch of dudes been locked up. But anytime you hear somebody in Gainesville got locked up, the name changed, but it's this club. So we're in there. <laughs> so it's a stage. It used to be an old theater, like the old theater, the, the cats and all that, that crazy shit. A real theater. So it was a stage up front, and it was kind of like theater, but they took the seating out, so it went up, and there was a middle thing. But you could see the stage from everywhere, and that's where everybody performed. That's why all the, all the, the people came there. So Pastor Troy's up there. We're going wild. 145, Lou walks out and says, hey, last call. They turn the lights on. Everybody just ain't moving. You're supposed to go towards the door. Go towards the door. Everybody ain't moving. You know, lights on. Hey, last call. Everybody get out of here. Nobody's moving. He said, Crowder, man, tell them get out of here. Same thing. Stood up. And my buddies still say this shit to this day because they just think it's hilarious because it was a yeah, 2,500, 3,000 people in the club. Oh, and, and, and the dope boys would come from Jacksonville. Dope boys are from Coachella. Dope boys would come from Tallahassee right, to right. see Troy to see the good concert. So it wasn't just Gainesville does in here. It was some, it was some pushes some and movies. Real people in there. Got on stage. The Hennessy kicked in. 
I said, I'm Channing Crowder. So y'all got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> said, anybody got a problem with that? Y'all want to see me? Come see me. I'm walking down the middle of this goddamn row. I'm going to be across the street. It was a parking lot across the street. <laughs> Walked down the middle of the row. And my buddy, you know, I have my homeboy with me, twins. Dudes, I'm always with you. I met all my boys. How my boy was he walking through the club and you see dudes like, oh, bro, you, you hard, you hard. I'm looking at him like, bro, I'm walking down the middle of this club. I'm be across the street. I'm talking mad shit. Go out there across the street. Dudes came out. <laughs> <laughs> they took you up on it, huh? Dudes came out there. <laughs> so we out there, about five, six of us. And uh, this is one fight night. Well, that, that's the story. Right. But it continues. So about six of us. And so we're out there in the parking lot, and everybody, can you people just talk? That's the one thing. I saw a stat that only less than 20% of people in the world can hit somebody with the, their full force that they can. Like, you would lay into somebody's face and hit them. And I think it's true because a lot of shit talkers out there. But when it's go time, when I'm close enough to touch you, close enough to touch me, it never goes down. So there was a couple of them little barkers. So are around. you in the right. 20% or the 80%? I think I'm in the 1%. <laughs> yeah. You're in the top one, huh? Google me. <laughs> 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 I was on papers for years. <laughs> but, oh, boy. But no, so walks up, one of my other buddies, dude walks up and they with it, and dude throws at me, and I back up, but when he throws, he misses. My buddy grabs his goatee, he got a long goatee that was cool back then, snatches his goatee, and while he was falling to the ground, I caught him on the uppercut. Wow. So now we start tearing ass. The police back then used to use horses, so you could hear the horse coming through. So what they do, Gainesville. what they turn, <laughs> they turn the horses, they, they're supposed to use these bastards, turn the horses sideways, they're so wide, they get three or four of them, and they can move a crowd, they walk them sideways. What they did, they didn't know, what I tell you earlier, when you say Mr. Crowder freeze, ass and elbows, <laughs> Gone. evading, come catch Big Papa Bear. But I'm drunk, had to preface it. So we take off running down the street, I'm an All-American, it's 40 people running, because the guy's fighting. Dudes with us, and then people that were around, the police, you know, everybody starts running. So I'm about third in line. Travis Harris is first. Jermaine McCullough is second. I'm third. And I'm swaying. I'm still tight, though, but I'm swaying. <laughs> so I hear, I hear the horse foot. Mr. Crowder, we know who you are. I say, now nah, I got to go. So in my Hennessy, in my Hennessy infused mind, I'm running. I see some bushes to my right. I'm like, I hit these bushes. I'm in the dark. I'm out, you know what I'm saying? This is Hennessy. I'm going to hit these bushes. I'm out. They won't even, you know what I'm saying? I'm disappear. I'm get up, you know, squirrel on through, hide behind a rock. When I dive through these bushes that I, that, I, uh, that I saw and was utilizing as a weapon, it wasn't but by the foot of bushes. It wasn't nothing but cement on the other side. <laughs> so I dove through them damn bushes and hit that cement, scrape all my damn shoulder, oh. bleeding, my whole chest bleeding. But caddy corner that to them bushes was a wall to another alley. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go over and jump over this wall. So I run and jump over the wall. In retrospect, the police are already on their horse that high. They can see everything I'm doing. I'm thinking I'm, I'm damn, you know. Uh, They're just sitting there watching you. I think I'm Assassin's Creed right now. And these motherfuckers looking at me like Pokemon. So I go and jump over this damn wall. They just waiting on me on the other side. It was too many people running. So it was only one officer that was actually on the other side of the wall with me. And so now I'm breathing hard. That Hennessy is coming out. I ain't no shirt on, shoes. Well, I think one of my shoes fell off. I'm bleeding down half my body. <laughs> officer gets off. Hey, da, 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 turn around, turn around. Grab my arm. And the officers want to do that mean thing where they slam you into the wall. I have given up. Ass and elbows is over. I'm tired. You caught me on the wall. So I'm about five, six feet away from the wall. Uh, dude, there was a little dude grabbed my lady came up with the Mikey walking four, five, nine, six, seven. The dude grabbed my arm. And he, instead of just walking me to the wall or grabbing my other arm, he went to run me with his little elbow on my back into the wall. It's fight or flight. I'm not, I don't want my face to smash into the cement. So I put my foot on the wall and kicked back. Therefore, the chain reaction was my back hit his chest, and then his back hit the cement, and he rolled. And then all hell broke yeah, loose. Yeah, buddy. That's when the lady saw it. She and then all up, hell broke loose. Because at this point, And they came out of everywhere, and they wove my ass. <laughs> that was back in my former life. Well, you know, man, Maybe Penn State wasn't the place. Yeah. I think there's maybe a reason why right Joe decision. didn't take that. Maybe he visit. made the right decision. Man, it's funny because I don't really. I don't it's great to, say, to be a Florida Gator, Juice. They wore my ass out. That's some of the funniest things I've ever seen. Heard stuff right there. You know, this has been great for me. A great season for us so far, man. And a guy like myself, you know, who misses the game. 
hearing these stories, talking to these guys, man, it, you know, it, it brings back some great memories. And, you know, it, 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 it brings a smile to my face knowing that, you know, you got that same locker room talk with some of the guys that you that you play with, that you watch play afterwards, that were there before you. Oh, man, but what a great first season for us. I agree, Juice. I love that you feel that way about it. I think that, you know, that was the vision for this thing, is that we have these conversations all the time, and that if folks could just hear some of these stories, that it would be content worth listening to. For everybody who has listened to the podcast and continues to download and support the Fish Tank, we can't thank you enough. We are really excited about season two. Oh, season two. Yeah, we're I don't even want to leak out yeah, any of the guests yet, but yet. there's some good ones coming, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what else, Juice? I, I have to thank, uh, first and foremost, Five Reasons Sports. It's been great to be a part of the network. But I also, you know, there's been some folks that have supported us throughout the way. Uh, hopefully you guys are listening to those commercials when they come through. But, you know, Rob at ARS and Accounting. Yes. Ara at A&T Dry Cleaning. Uh, the boys over at Planet Protein. Yes. You know, the, the support from our, our sponsors has allowed us to continue to do the shows, allowing, allowing us to have a season two. I hope the folks really listening will support it. those that support us. But most importantly, those listeners, we simply cannot thank you all enough. Yeah, thanks for diving in. You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. golf fans, number one, one. of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Okay, this one for them diehards Celebrate big or cry hard Leave it all on the field, we gon' try hard Old school, a new school, mix it in Feeling like we up close when we listening Dolphins tales, in Miami is the deep end We vibing with our favorite players, no secret We get with Seth and McDuffie Bringing up stories we never heard to the public Bet we love it, Dolphins fans never budget We loyal to the team, whether happy or we upset We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject You know it's all about them fans And if you ready for that water, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in Don't switch the subject, you know it's all about them fans You looking at that fish tank, it's time to dive in fish tank Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank Rockin' with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank